Welcome to VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards, a daily podcast bringing you an inside look at the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm Justin Russo with the Golden Knights on Wednesday, May 10th, and today the VGK are preparing for Game 4 of their second round series against the Edmonton Oilers, one in which they hold a 2-1 lead. We've seen large swings in each game of this series, and with Edmonton expected to have a strong response tonight after losing in Game 3, let's see if Vegas can become the first team yet to win two games in a row and potentially take a 3-1 series lead back to Vegas for Game 5 on Friday. If you want to be at the game on Friday at T-Mobile Arena, go to VegasGoldenKnights.com for single-game tickets to Game 5 between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Again, doesn't matter the result tonight, whether the Vegas Golden Knights are tied at 2 They might need a little bit of an extra push to retake that series lead, or if you want to cheer them on as they potentially and hopefully can advance to the Western Conference Final if they are able to get the win tonight and take a 3-1 series lead. No matter the case, be sure to head down to T-Mobile Arena for Game 5 on Friday. Again, tickets at VegasGoldenKnights.com. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Exciting game ahead tonight for the VGK, and on today's show, we have a quartet of VGK broadcasters who break things down from Edmonton, so I'll now send it over to Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, Ashley Weiss, and Dave Gosher. All right, Justin, thanks very much. This is wonderful to be with you today. We're at the JW Marriott. Gary set us a little table for four here in the corner, away from all the people. But uh, getting ready for game four tonight. Uh, Dan, what did you take out of... Game three, and what do you look for as you head into what could be a very pivotal game tonight? I think that the first thing that anybody watching would notice, the lack of penalties, especially in the first period. And we've heard discipline as a topic from before the series began. The Knights' fewest time shorthanded in the league. Talking all time, uh, time shorthanded, uh, top five in that category since they started tracking it in the 70s. So what a surprise that there are no penalties in the first period until the 20-minute mark when Evander Kane takes a run at Alex Petrangelo. And we heard it multiple times from players, coaches. Alex Petrangelo took some shots. And we are not talking about hockey shots on goal. We're talking about taking some shots, a strategy for the Oilers, no doubt. And the Knights took it, didn't take those penalties that we saw in the earlier games. What is your message to the team when you're describing what it takes to stay disciplined in a play? Well, the message to me is simply it hurts to win. You know, that, that's what happens. Look at Petro last night, right? He took some shots, um, you know, played through it, drew some penalties. Um, and that's a bit of hockey this time of year. He's a guy that plays a lot of minutes, so he's won a Stanley Cup. I think he knows sort of what happens. Um, so tremendous discipline on his in his uh, part last night and, and a number of our guys. We we tried to finish our checks hard and clean when they were there and not chase it. Um, we checked with our feet, um, you know, kept our sticks down uh, when we were finishing checks for the most part, and, and that was our goal to stay out of the box. And eventually, you know, you'll have some calls that will happen or won't, right? And we, we just tried to play, play, play the right way and um, we ended up not being in the box and and that's a big you don't need me to tell you that that's a big factor in this series if we can keep it to five on five we we feel we you know we have a very good chance to win Um, and when we don't we have to make sure our penalty kills sharp but not frequent you know and uh, we've talked about that from from game one on and at five on five knights have proven to be the better team so far 
that they got through that first period. Marcia so breaks out, hadn't scored a goal since game five against Colorado in 2021. He had five goals in that series, including a hat trick. So you have a few things come together in that first period. Marcia so breaks out, the lack of Golden Knights penalties, and the Knights not responding to what Evander Kane was trying to do. Lawman, you've seen a few games in your day. You've been at this 40, 45 years. What, what, do you, what have you seen here in this series, and what are you expecting? <laughs> Dave, I'm, uh, I think, I'm two years older than you, so uh, like that, there's not that much of a difference in terms of how much hockey we've seen. Uh, I think Jack Eichel introduced himself to the series in a dominant fashion, and uh, that's going to have to continue when you have two of the best offensive players in the world on the other side. You've got to have somebody who can... Uh, step up to the plate at that level or approaching that level, and Jack did that. It, it was interesting. Mark Stone had a pretty quiet night, and uh, it came from other people. I think it was time for Marsh so to introduce himself to the series, as, as Dan said. Uh, I just the five-on-five five situation is it's it's very obvious. Vegas didn't want to play Edmonton in the first round because there are more penalties called in the first round. There are less penalties in the second round and then the third and the fourth. They're not going to have the luxury of beating them. At, you know, The second round was as late as they could get them. And let's face it, without its power play, Edmonton is, I won't say average, but they, that, that their superpower is their power play, without question. And as it gets diminished in terms of, just, the referees just aren't going to call as many penalties. And we saw that last night. The referees were... There were no guests. They didn't guess. It it had to be a penalty before they called it, and that's to Vegas's advantage. Uh, to me, the really interesting thing going forward here is it's been one win, the other team wins, other team wins. It's there's it's been all about response. When is the team going to hold serve? And is it you know because if Vegas holds serve in game four, they go back to Nevada with a chance to. To end this in five, and I don't think anybody expects expected this series to be that short. But they put themselves in the driver's seat like that; they got a chance. Ashley, you're on the ground every day talking to the athletes uh, and talking to the hockey players. What's the tone you sense today on uh, the availability getting ready for the fourth game? Well, the tone today was very light and very loose, I would say, even just waiting to go into the locker room. Uh, a lot of joking around, a lot of laughing uh, as guys are warming up, playing soccer, getting ready to meet with the media. Um, I think that confident for sure, uh, but not uh, not ignorant. I think they have a quiet, well, it's quiet because Marcia so is not quiet, but they have a confidence about them that I feel is good in game. Uh, they, they don't get rattled. Uh, do we get away from our game at times? And, and uh, yes, uh, we, we tend to, and, and that showed during the season too. We didn't let long, we didn't have long stretches of undisciplined play or undisciplined um, structure. You know, we tend to get back to it and understand what makes us a good hockey club. In the playoffs, if you end up one of those teams that gets away from it a period of times, then you're probably out, right? Because now you're relying on individuals, and it's tough to win as individuals this time of year. It's usually the best team um, that, that, that wins, that plays its best game, its best version of itself, and I think that's what I like about our group. We tend to recognize that and get back to it in a hurry. Uh, it's a credit to the leadership in the room, too. Um, that, that they realize that, so uh, that's the strength of our team for sure. Everyone is, is expecting a response from Edmonton, and kind of to piggyback on what Gary was saying, one of the most interesting parts of this series to me is that uh, every game has been a pretty massive 
momentum swing for for each team uh, even though game one was close in score it still felt like Vegas especially five on five uh, was the more dominant team so curious to see um, a what adjustments are made uh, moving forward and if as those adjustments continue to be made if these games themselves tighten up a bit um, but yeah Bruce Cassidy has compared it to a chess match so interested to see uh, how Edmonton responds and if what Vegas did uh, in game three is sustainable I, I don't know if it's sustainable to hold Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl completely off the score sheet two more games in a row uh, but regardless I think if Vegas continues uh, the five on five play that they've had uh, that they're they're pretty confident in their ability uh, to get it done against anyone on any given night and that seems to be uh, kind of what the tone has been around the group uh, keeping it fun but still uh, keeping it business-like at the same time kind of like kind of like you dave you can do you can do both at once yeah that sounds great ashley so let me uh let me ask you this dan and it's uh like it sucks beyond belief what happened with lauren brossois but are we unfortunately surprised or not surprised it just seems like it's been this way all year and how do you size it up now that aiden hills the guy who hasn't you know game four is going to be his first start in over two months yeah, most teams in the stanley cup playoffs this year should they experience an injury to the number one goaltender, you might have to hit the panic button. Aiden Hill had a terrific, probably his best NHL regular season. And if you had penciled in who are your goalies for the Stanley Cup playoffs you know, two months ago, the answer would have been Aiden Hill. You look at his last games before the injury that occurred in Florida. His save percentage, he was 6-0-1 in his last stretch. His save percentage was almost 930 I mean, that's some of the best hockey he has ever played. Had never been in the Stanley Cup playoffs until the last couple of games coming out in relief, third period in game two, and then obviously for the majority of game three, which he won and made 25 saves on 25 shots, and in so doing, looked sharp. And he got a shot on goal just a sec couple of seconds after the first faceoff, which was in his zone, and had to make a good save. Uh, the Knights only were shorthanded twice, and it wasn't even a full four minutes but we know that the penalty kill has not been up to snuff and what do we always hear about the penalty kill your best penalty killer has to be your goaltender and I thought Aiden Hill was terrific it wasn't just a continuation of what has been reliable goaltending for the Knights I thought his 25 for 25 performance in almost 50 minutes of hockey was really something that we'll keep an eye on because for now it looks like he's going to be the guy in, in your time as a coach, have you ever gone through a season with such bad luck with goaltenders where it looks like they get into a rhythm, they get hurt. Next guy comes in, gets into a rhythm, gets hurt. Like, it's been just a crazy season in that regard for you guys. Yeah, no, we've never, I've never gone through this many that had injuries. And, but I guess to, the, the next guy up has done a good job for us all year. That, that's the fortunate part. That's why we're still playing yeah. uh, in, some, in one sense, right? That's such an uh, important position. It's one reason why we're still, and the other reason is the team adapts well to whoever's in there. We, we, you know, we've tried to play the same way no matter who's in nets. Obviously, goalies have certain ways, styles of play that will, you'll adjust a little bit, but not in the big picture. You're trying to play the same way. So I think it's helped our goaltenders, and whoever's come in has done a good job. So that's, that's the positive of it. It's, it's tough luck for the goaltenders, but Eden was one of those guys that got injured earlier. He was playing well. Uh, he's healthy again, got a chance last night. Um, responded well it's not an easy situation obviously kept himself ready that's a credit to him and Sean Burke for putting the work in and um, team played well in front of him to give him a legitimate chance to make saves Gary maybe one more for you uh, Bruce Cassidy's touched on this that the team doesn't really get two phased you know we're sitting literally we could well 
be a wedge for me. It'd be a hard five iron for you to get to the rink from here. Um, they don't get too phased by the atmosphere in this building or on the road in general. What do you make of that? They give up the first goal in game three. Drysaddle hits the post. Could have been 2 nothing early. But they don't really, they just kind of seem to, to shake it off. What do you make of what you see there? Uh, leadership, right? I think that there's, uh, what, what's going to phase Mark Stone at this stage in his career? Uh, Petrangelo, uh, on and on and on. Carlson, Marcison, Smith. And they just, they, that confidence just goes throughout the whole room. Yesterday before uh, game, sorry, Monday before game three, I spoke to both Mark Stone and Braden McNabb and was kind of tiptoeing around the fact that they were awful in game two and, you know, what were they? What was going to happen in game three. And both of them at a certain point in time, like, cut me off and said, we're not going to be flat. And it, it was very matter-of-fact. They knew that they had to have what they needed to have in game two and that was no concern for them. So it's, it's very interesting. They do self-correct. Alex Petrangelo has said a bunch of times, we are honest but positive with one another. So there would have been a conversation at some point in time after game two, and they would have, you know, said, not good enough. Let's get together here, guys, and let's be better. And uh, it's a real team. And they, they don't – there's not a lot of some people on one page and other, on an, and other people on another page. When they decide they're going to go in a direction, they go in a direction uh, has – has a full group so uh and and just the fact that hill went in like that and was unflappable in the situation and the players in front of him i don't even think like they didn't protect him any differently you know like there was okay aiden's a net let's go it they 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 i think they would have taken a little bit of time after the first period when they went in the dressing room to talk to brassois and to encourage him after suffering an injury because they they love that guy but they were quickly flipped their mindset to, okay, we got a game to win, let's go do it. Just a, a quick aside, Jonathan Quick, and it looks like he's probably going to be the, we don't know what the extent of what's going on with Persuade, but uh, from what we saw today, Hill will be the, star, the starter and Jonathan Quick will be the backup in game two. And he spoke to me this morning about what Hill had to go through. And he said, you know, we've worked hard as a group to stay ready and this is why and then and he said what he had to do in game three it's not easy to go in there cold like that and having not really played he played a little bit in game two and that that again Bruce Cassidy pulled the right the right trigger pushed the right button there making sure Hill got a little bit of work because that allows him to go into game three after already seeing uh some playoff speed hockey anyways quick was uh Really excited for Hill, and you could speaking to the, the the players around the room, they are as well. That he has a diff, a, a little bit of a different element than Brassois, maybe a little brasher, and maybe a little more feisty. And uh, he's I was I rode the elevator with him last night, and you know was certainly disappointed for Brassois, but very excited for the opportunity for himself. All right, Ashley, anything we've missed here? Any last thoughts here for the people? Well, they're turning the music on on us here a bit, Dave. I just wanted to ask, you know, everyone is asking so much of Dave to run this thing, so I just wanted to to flip the script and make sure there's nothing that Dave wanted to share before we wrap this thing up. No, I think the biggest thing is last night for me, they gave themselves a chance to win. They didn't do that in game two. They they got behind early. They took penalties early. It was 3-0 before you knew it. I just, at some point, the game always seems to settle in. Well, in the second game, it settled in, and it was 3-0. 
And it's kind of game, set, match. I mean, it could have been probably 7 to nothing halfway through that game. So I just think in watching it last night, you know, they I wasn't crazy about their game early. They're down one nothing. Dry settle hits the post, but like they did in the first game, they bounce back right away, right? Marsh so scores a couple of minutes after the first goal. It's two nothing. It's one one, and then they were able to build their game from there. So, yeah, I, I just think as long as they can give themselves a legitimate chance, stay out of the box. You know, Bruce Cassidy had two points before the third game. Be ready right off the bat, emotionally ready right off the bat, but also I think part of that was emotionally ready with discipline. It's great to have all this energy in your game. You can't run all over the ice and, and take penalties. So they, I think they kind of got to both of those things last night. So uh, anyway, that's how I see it sitting up here. You know, you sit next to me, Ashley, poor girl, um, here for the game in, in Edmonton last night. The press box, as we know, was in Red Deer, which is 100 miles from here. But uh, anyway, that's kind of what I saw. And uh, that's going to do it for us. It's table for four in the corner, the JW Marriott. And uh, Justin, we'll send it back to you. It's all yours from here. Well, great to hear there from Dan, Gary, Dave, and Ashley, four VGK broadcasters. That's certainly a record here on VGK today. I don't know if we're ever going to get over to five. We'll see if maybe we can make something happen. But right now, four is the record for VGK today and offering their insights on game four tonight. And for the VGK, a big one, again, trying to see if they can win two games in a row in this series and take a 3-1 to series lead back here to Vegas for game five. But before we get to game five, I want to talk about game four. We have a couple of notes for you. First of all, today at 1 o'clock across all of the VGK social channels, tune in to Realm Report, the pregame show for the VGK. Of course, you'll hear from the players, the coaches, and you'll get some analysis on tonight's Game 4. So again, tune in to Realm Report at 1 o'clock today all across the VGK social channels. If you've ever tuned in to nighttime at noon on the VGK social channels, same sort of deal there. Tune in at 1 o'clock, though, for Realm Report. And tonight, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, of course, Vegas and Edmonton for Game 4. Well, no better place to do it than the Sandbar at the Red Rock Resort and Casino. Big watch party over there at Red Rock Resort and Casino starting at 6.30. Puck drop will be at 7 p.m. on the game itself, but you can come down as early as 6.30. Lots of fun to be had. Lots of prizes, giveaways, and fun stuff in store for Game 4. Now, this one is a 21 and overwatch party, but if you do want to bring somebody under 21, they just have to be accompanied by an adult over 21 years of age. So be sure to head down to Red Rock Resort and Casino, the Sandbar, and get in at 6.30 for the Game 4 watch party between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. I'll also take a second to remind you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a moment of the team's quest for the Stanley Cup right here on VGK Today. Justin Russo signing off for Episode 24 of VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards. MGM Rewards.